The following contains plot spoilers, and the comments and opinions expressed herein are for entertainment and commentary purposes only and may not reflect the actual opinions of Geeks Radio or the individual hosts. So don't get mad, it's just a show. I know what it is to feel so desperately that you want to enjoy a film, unworried about knowing what happens next. Dread it. Run from it. Spoilers still arrive. This is Totally Super. Hey everyone, welcome to Totally Super. My name's Justin. And my name is Arthur. Oh boy, what a doozy. And so, so let's be super, super clear about what we're about to say. Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoilers for Avengers Infinity War. Did we mention that- If you haven't seen it. Do not listen to it. Press stop on the recording right now. You know, go go listen to something else. Go listen to the other Totally Super podcast that we recorded, the non-spoiler preview to Avengers Infinity Wars, but do not listen to this podcast. I know that some of you are listening for the first time, by the way. Whenever we do a premiere, um, we always get brand new listeners. So uh, for those of you, welcome. We're the Totally Super podcast where we review every superhero movie we ever made. Welcome. We are so um, glad to plan. have you. If you have not seen the movie, stop listening to us right now. Yeah, I think that's... Uh, Okay, you think, I think we're that's good? Uh, probably a good idea. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Wait, disclaimer away. Okay. okay. So today we're reviewing uh, Avengers Infinity War. It is the uh, day after the Thursday night premiere. Um, mm-hmm. This is going to be a two part review. Uh, this review At that least. we're doing now should be somewhere between forty, between forty five minutes and an hour that we do today, and then mm-hmm. next week we're going to let it sit in. Um, there's a chance uh, that I might see it a second time between now and then. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be reading other reviews, uh, and I'm s- sure Arthur will too, and we'll be coming back with a more you know, detailed and, and thoughtful response. But what you're getting right now is our, um, is our initial reactions, yeah. having uh, seen the film. I saw it last night, and especially you, you saw literally it last just night. got home. I literally just got out of the theater and got home, so... Which should be fun because the uh, well, I'm really glad that we're doing this in sort of a two or a three parter because I don't know how good I'm going to be for analytic thought on this film right out of it. But that's okay. That's kind of cool because I kind of like that we're sort of chronicling our immediate emotional aftermath response to it as well. Now, um, I saw it uh, at the uh, Arc Lake Cinemas in Bethesda, uh, Maryland. Um, I saw a, uh, I arranged my seating ahead of time. So I had a reserve seat in the prime seats. Um, I sat there with, uh, with, I went to see it with my 11 year old son. I'm going to talk about his reactions to it, mm-hmm. um, as well. Uh, I saw it in 3d, like I said, uh, got there, uh, plush seats, beautiful screen. Um, but for the first like eight minutes of the movie, the 3d was all messed up. Um, Ooh, there was no. a problem with the projection. And it was distracting during the first bit to the point where I actually missed a little bit of the Thanos uh, Thor or Thanos uh, Hulk fight at the very beginning because I was running out to the the helpers who are out there and being like, "Hey, man, uh, taking one for fix the team this. there." Um. Uh. So they corrected it after a while. Uh. The 3D is. While beautiful, um, there's so much going on in the film. Uh, most of the 3D effects in the film are debris and sparks. To the point where mm-hmm. I got a little tired of the debris and sparks, and I think it would probably, in large format IMAX, I probably would have enjoyed it as much in 2D as I did in 3D. How did you see it? Um, I saw it in 3D, and that was largely because the the 2D showing was showing at 10.30, and the 3D showing was showing at 10 in the morning. And I wanted to make sure that we had time to get this out, so I said, oh, fine, I'll do the 3D. I usually, 
unless it is a compute unless it is a fully CGI animated film, I almost always prefer things in 2D. Uh, I think the one exception to that was Doctor Strange, uh, because so much of that film is visual. Um, so I saw it in 3D. I didn't mind the 3D. Uh, I also feel like I would have enjoyed it literally just as much had it been 2D. Um, I saw it, uh, of course, opening night, the first showing that was available in a packed theater mm-hmm. um, uh, with a lot of a lot of anticipation, a lot of late night anticipation, a few people cosplaying. There was a Captain America. There was a Star-Lord. Awesome. Um, a uh, lot of you know when when the Marvel logo came up, uh, cheering. When Avengers: Infinity War came up, also cheering. When characters died, uh, uh, gasps. Um, there was one, um, and we'll talk about it at the end. One person who called out that kind of ruined a moment um, with them, with you know, feeling like their comments were necessary. Listen, guys, you want to make comp- comments about a movie? Start a podcast. Um, yeah, seriously. It's a great way to do it. This is the only. Go do it in in the theater. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, there weren't I, uh, very many trailers before before mine. Um, we got a solo trailer that had muted reaction, um, surprisingly, um, and no uh, no superhero trailers uh, in, except Deadpool um, in front of mine at all. Uh, did we you got, get any uh, Marvel trailers in front of yours? Yeah, plenty. Um, I got Venom. Uh, let's see. We got Solo. Uh, got Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um I seem to remember, and then there was another one called The Darkest Minds that looks like another Hunger Games slash Divergent slash Maze Runner type of film. Um, oh, good. Well, I can skip that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, because well, I, how I think crowd? part of it is... Crowd was fine. So interesting. I almost never do this. So I, uh, as we discussed in the last episode, I kind of like, I like a good morning crowd. Um, it tends to be quiet. Uh, I went, I was seating, sitting right smack dab in the center, uh, towards the back and a uh, guy to my left, <laughs> uh, in that sort of sense, just like guy to my left was also clearly there on his own, looked like your traditional comic book nerd. And I was like, awesome. I know he's not going to be a problem. Um, and then to my right were two women who first I love that they were into these. They'd clearly seen all the other movies. That was like, that made me happy. But within the first few minutes, like as soon as Thanos like lifted Loki up, like already they were like, oh no, oh no, he's not. No, 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 I'm done. I'm so done. I'm done. And I was like, and I've never done this before. I like looked over and not, I wasn't even going to ask them, you know, please be quiet. I like looked down. I saw that uh, another chair was open a few rows down we were already five minutes into the film anyone who was going to be there would have been there already so i just took my popcorn got up moved sat down had a wonderful rest of my time there did they get the hint did they think they got the hint that like they oh no i actually still heard them eight rows back during some of the major moments like they they doubled down Aww. but uh but you know uh, but you should give those them a were, podcast <laughs> yeah those were those were also moments though when literally everybody was reacting so that one was okay it's like yeah if there's a huge reaction like a big cheer on a major character reveal or a big gasp on a character death yeah that's that's part of the experience it's the it, it it's the commenting like maybe five minutes before like oh i really don't want this to happen i really don't want this to happen or after the oh my god that was so cool that was so good. it's like no no just have the moment with the rest of us and move on um, I have to admit that uh, my my oldest son um, had to be reminded many times not to talk. We watch so many movies at home that oh, he is course, used but... to being able to talk. So mm-hmm. 
so there there were quite a few. Uh, I'm sure the people next to us were kind of a little tired of us because I must have said the words stop talking a few times uh, mm-hmm. in the film. That being said, um, uh, he was pretty upset at the end of the film and we'll get oh, there. Sh- yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So um, without further ado, should I try Honestly, from one I, viewing? I would to say for this, I would say plot? this is one. Anyone who's listening to us right now has probably just seen the film as well. I think we can skip the plot and just go ah, right on into the meat of it. What if it's years in the future? What if they're listening in 2025? Uh, <sighs> fine, do your I plot. I got to do it. I'm sorry. Do your plot. I'm a, I'm a sucker for format, guys. All right, here we go. Um, Basically, Thanos uh, is a dude who's decided that, uh, that all of the universe is uh, growing too much when it comes to life. He sees the population explosion as a problem for, for finite resources. Uh, he has realized uh, with his incredible power that the way to solve this is to eliminate half the population of the universe, which he decides to do step by step, planet by planet, with an army of people starting to wipe it out. But that's not very efficient. So what Thanos wants to do is collect all of the Infinity Stones, which have been seen throughout the Marvel movies. We're not going to go through all of them, but by great by getting all the the infinity stones it will give him the power kind of of a god where he can snap his fingers and anything he wants to happen will happen in the case of this movie his plan is to wipe out half the population of the entire universe opposing him on earth uh are uh, the remaining uh, members of the avengers um after civil war opposing him before that though is thor and the rest of asgard um along with loki Uh, He lays waste to Asgard, or at least the amount of Asgard that we see. We'll talk about it. Uh, Kills Loki in a final and very brutal way. Sends Thor off on his way into space, presumably dead. Meanwhile, Iron Man and Doctor Strange and Spider-Man battle uh, battle, and the Hulk, but not the Hulk. uh, Just Banner for the rest of the movie. Battle Thanos' minions on Earth. They end up chasing him into space where they go on a planet-by-planet excursion uh, trying to stop him from obtaining the Infinity Stones. Thor runs into the Guardians of the Galaxy, takes off with his favorite rabbit, Rocket Raccoon, uh, to go get his hammer um, or a replacement for his hammer from uh, basically the Dwarf Lord who made uh, Mjolnir in the first place. Uh, And meanwhile, the rest of the Guardians of the Galaxy team up with Tony Stark, uh, with, with Tony Stark and Spider-Man and Doctor Strange in what is to be a final uh, confrontation with Thanos. Thanos, in his quest uh, to get all the Infinity Stones, has kidnapped his daughter uh, Gamora, and in order to uh, obtain one of the stones, has the Soul Stone, has to kill her because she's the only person that he loves. He does so, gets all the stones. There's a major battle on Wakanda at Earth at the same time that that uh, the Avengers and the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy space are battling Thanos there all the battles coalesce to uh to a point where Thanos shows up to earth uh and is trying to get the final stone the mind stone from vision it's Scarlet Witch has a plan to destroy that stone, but it needs to be uh, carefully extracted from Vision before she can do that. The battle rages. Scarlet Witch leaves the side of uh, of Vision. Uh, Vision comes to the battle. Uh, Thanos rips the stone out of his head, killing Vision. Um, gets the final stone, and a dramatic and unexpected turn of events uh, wills 
half of existence all across the universe to no longer exist in a dramatic and a heart-wrenching scene half of the marvel universe disappears into ashes in front of your eyes the survivors look on sadly while thanos uh set in a satisfied manner watches the sunrise as credit rolls credits roll Blech. there you go so that is avengers infinity war um it's a long movie guys yeah and may, may I say that plot will make things crystal clear for people listening to us in 2025. Yes. Um, I mean, it's, you know, it hopefully just reminds them. Oh, don't stop giving me a hard time or I will will you out of existence. <laughs> yeah. um, All right. Let's just, you know, let, let's start, dive right in and talk I about said, this. We, because yeah, we start, as I said, in a battle with, in space where they do the one thing I didn't want them to do at the end of the last podcast. Oh, I remember watching that and I was like, oh, Justin's going to be pissed. The um, alien although, threed here, right? To be fair, no, they only half alien threed. They alien one point five. Um, they only they he only killed off half of it. So you know that's revealed sort of later on. But uh, um, did he? Yeah. Where's they, the rest of Asgard? It, it specifically said there. One of the characters specifically said he killed half of the Asgardian refugees. He killed half the Asgardian refugees, but then the ship exploded. Well, if you want to disbelieve what the characters said just because you didn't see it, that's fine by me. Well, um, no, I mean, my, my impression is he killed half the Asgardian refugees, and then they fought him, and then the ship exploded, and that killed the rest. Um, I don't think that's... That that doesn't sound like what how Thanos would play it. Um, also, okay, so you think I will that say, half the refugees are still out there somewhere. Well, the point is, honestly, the... I don't think it... I mean, I... It was an Alien 3, but honestly, by the end of the film, it doesn't matter. Um, there's, because this film has gone so far beyond that, uh, that either the next film is going to involve somehow rolling back the clock, uh, in which case it might re well reverse the Alien 3, or it won't roll back the clock, in which case um, the, in which case you know, whether or not half of Asgard still is around is the least of our problems. Um, so I have a feeling, uh, again, we're going to be jumping all over, but um, the the end of the film, uh, of course, has the 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 heart wrenching. Uh, I think we need to start with this because this is really this this ending yeah. is I look, I knew watching this film that already I was watching. Oh, wow. They've taken comic book films to they they have they are proven something that I never thought could be done. Um, you know, they're taking comic book films to an even deeper level than they did with Avengers. Um, and then with the ending, because the the whole killing half of the universe, they did that in the Infinity Gauntlet comic. And I remember specifically thinking in the run up to this, uh, like even in the trailers, they're saying, "Oh, Thanos could kill half of the you know half of the universe with the snap of his fingers." And I remember thinking, "Oh, that's a cool little nod to what actually happened in the comic." But in my wildest dreams, I wasn't ever going to imagine that they would do that on a grand scale. That's that's not that's what you do in comics. That's not what you do in film. Um, this, and because of that, I think I can say because of that decision to actually nope, go ahead and do it, regardless of whether they roll it back in the next one. Um, this was one of the boldest choices I've ever seen in a comic book film. And in doing so, this is probably the most comic book film I have ever seen. Um, they actually took oh, things. I'll give that to you. They actually took things to a galactic scale that had hitherto only been achieved on the printed page. 
Sure. Yeah. No, they, they, we, we've gone from Iron Man is facing down another robot guy to half of the universe has been mm-hmm. wiped out. Yeah. Now, here's the problem that I have when I, whenever I'm watching science fiction or fantasy. When we get to the last 20 minutes of a thing and suddenly multiple main characters start dying, mm-hmm. I get to the point where I know that this it's not going to keep. I know that it's not going to take. Mm-hmm. You know, when when I'm watching, you know, when I'm watching the show Angel, for instance, and Angel dies and I know that the show's coming back next season, I know that I know that Angel's not going to stay dead. Likewise, mm-hmm. I know that they're that Black Panther is the highest grossing Marvel movie so far. They're not going to kill Black Panther. The minute he died, I was like, okay, they're not really going to kill. The minute Spider-Man died, I was like, okay, they're clearly not. I know that there's a sequel to that coming. Mm-hmm. Um, they're clearly not doing that in a permanent way. Which, um, to be fair, they didn't do in the comics that, either, because to do it in the comics, they would have had to get rid of half of their most highest grossing uh, titles as well. But the difference in the difference in the comics, of course, is that you can do that for a while. You can do that for like five months and continue it. But they're going to wrap this up next movie. Yeah. This however, be, that movie you know, that movie is still a year from now. I I, I see what you're saying with sure. that. The uh, I think what makes this different is they didn't roll back in the same film. They. Yeah, I I agree with you completely. There is an unspoken. Oh, not all of these changes are going to take. Um, but that is actually an entire separate film. And they also, they didn't end with the cliffhanger of the heroes realizing, wait a minute, there's a way to reverse this or anything. No, they, they ended it at the absolute darkest, most despairing moment and just ended it there. Of course we know there's more to the story, but this is where the story is going to live for the next year, which is longer than any of the infinity gauntlet comic book readers had to wait for things to get resolved. Um, so yes, Except all I agree. the Marvel movies we get between now and then are not going to deal with this in a, in, in a real way. I've seen the Ant-Man trailer. The Ant-Man trailer is not about a post-apocalyptic world where half the mm-hmm. movie, half the world has disappeared. Yeah. And I know the Captain Marvel movies uh, coming and we'll talk about that, but that takes place in the eighties. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I know they're not going to deal with the consequences. I guess here's the rule that I think they're going to follow. If a character died a natural death in this movie, I have a feeling they're dead. I've, I think it's pretty clear Loki, Gamora, and Vision are dead. Mm-hmm. Maybe not Vision. There's a chance for Vision, but I think Loki, Loki, and Gamora are like you know you know what I mean. Like if if you got stabbed, shot, if you got stabbed, shot, crushed, or ripped apart in the film, you're you're probably gonna stay dead in the Marvel universe. If you faded away to nothingness in a magic, you know, ashes then I think that you have a pretty good chance of, of coming back to life. Would you, would you agree? I mean, uh, not necessarily. Um, I can. The only thing I can say with certainty is I know nothing for certainty with this. Um, I don't even want to try to predict it. Um, the uh, I know from as a reference point from the comics, uh, that isn't how it worked. Uh, Thanos killed a lot of heroes off in, in, the, in the first Infinity War. Thanos killed a lot of heroes off before he finally snapped his fingers and killed half of the rest of the universe. Um, what happened in the comics was Nebula got a hold of the gauntlet and then immediately willed everything to revert to how it was 24 hours previously. Um, and so a lot of the people who even got killed by being 
crushed or smashed or diced apart or things like that, they also came back. Um, so I can't. Uh, that would how that would be freaking cool, wouldn't it? If the next movie is this movie again, that like there was a joke, right? A friend of mine and I texted you this joke that the that the end credits was just this movie played again. But mm-hmm. what if they do Back to the Future to this? What if everyone but Thanos is aware of what happened before, and they have to go through the same movie again with the knowledge of what that would be really cool. That would be neat. That, that would, would be, be neat. neat. Yeah. Um, um, I, um, so let's, let's talk, let's talk about Thanos if we can for a second. Um, I, I was, when I saw the trailers, not enthused by another giant CGI villain. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, Oh, it's that. And I've never been a fan of Thanos, frankly, mm-hmm. in the comics. Um, I loved him in uh, in Superhero Squad, which uh, if you haven't watched, it's super fun. Um, but Thanos has never been my guy. By the time this movie is done, I think he's super interesting, really well done. I forget he's CG. Yeah, they did a great job. I was surprised by... I knew they were going to do the character right. I didn't know whether the CG would live up to that. And uh, for the most part, I really feel like it did. Um yeah, the interesting the, so the interesting dichotomy between Thanos in the film and Thanos in the comic book series. Um, Thanos in the comic book series does everything he does because he is in love with the incarnation of Death. So Death is the one who specifically who the, says, "Who in the MCU would be Hella, right? If if it were no, it would be no, Kate Blanchett totally if di- they were if they were doing if, that. If it were possibly, yeah. Um, but I mean, there's there's actually in the comics now there's a serious argument to be made that this is literally this incarnation of death was is predominantly just in his own head, uh, that he literally is a mad Titan. Um, but he, so his whole thing of wiping off half the universe, that's because lady death said, Hey, there's too much life. Um, you need to, you need to bring some balance to this. Uh, I loved what they did with this. Um, I love a villain who's really convinced he's doing the right thing. Um, with this, his whole, you know, when he's telling Gamora about her planet, uh, and he's saying, yeah, your planet was on its way to extinction, and now it's a thriving paradise. Um, he is essentially, his whole thing about wiping off half the life in the universe, he really is just essentially continuing the law of, you know, supply and demand that nature, uh, you know, he's acting as a force of nature in that, quite literally. That is what nature does extinction events come round and who's left you know and who's left uh over after that are the ones who thrive uh until things fall out of balance again and then you know due to lack of resources whatever there's another mass extinction event and then things like that is the cycle of life um and you know it doesn't make well, and he right, has you, you know no but it's it, but he's I, almost it, right yeah but that, he's it's that's so, the thing he's mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's it makes one me... sentence away from from having a cogent point. If he had said, like, and the movie's not going to take the time to do this because it's you know it's about punchy, punchy, shooty, shooty. But mm-hmm. um, there is an argument to be made. If he had said, if he had said, think about it, every single person alive on your planet is only going to live another seventy years. That's all the time they're ever going to have. And by doing this, I extend the life of your species by another five hundred. Yeah. How can you tell me that this is wrong? Mm-hmm. Like, he has a point. He's 
bad. It's not that he's wrong, it's that he's bad, if that makes sense. No, it totally does. The, uh, I, so talking of Thanos, the the phrase that popped into my head as I was watching this, um, Thanos is a walking, breathing, talking personification of the Kobayashi Maru. Uh, the no-win situation, uh, as the phrase was coined in Star Trek. What I really liked about this film, uh, you know, the, the question that I frequently raise in this podcast is, what does it mean to be a superhero? In most superhero films, yes, there have been a million times when, oh, the hero is the one who, when everything looks lost, uh, you know, just stands up and finds a way to, you know, to find the light and all that because, you know, because their faith that good will win in the end is unshakable. What I liked about this film is, for at least a lot of the heroes, is what do you do when there is genuine despair, when there is genuine serious doubt that I don't think there's any there's any good way out of this. Not not like not just that we can't see the good from this, but um it's essentially asking the question, uh, if, you know, if we as humans, just you and I and everything like that, were walking around and suddenly uh, a literal god came down from the heavens and said, I'm going to wipe you out and started doing it, we would fight back with probably this understanding that there, there's just no way. But so how do you, how do you cope? And what do you do when you know that your odds of failure are near certain? Um, I mean, and Thanos really says it right at the very beginning of the film. God, I love that, uh, the phrase so much. It's, I know what it feels like to believe so hard that you're right, to try so hard and fail nonetheless. And that is a lesson that as human beings, um, and certainly as, you know, middle-class people who have been brought up in a pretty, in a, uh, in a pretty resource-intense country, uh, where by and large, you know, things usually work out, the, that sense of, no, as humans, we need to deal with this sense of, sometimes it doesn't, and we can't pretend otherwise, and so how do we, what does it mean to deal with that? How, as a human race, do we deal with that concept? Um, and again, sorry, that's super deep or whatnot, but that was certainly one of the big things that was in my mind watching this whole thing. And it's why I loved this film, because they they went to a place where, no, they at least according to the end of this film, they failed. And I both hate that and I love it so much. And whether or not we feel their failure, because I don't feel their failure, but I feel for them as they feel their failure, if that makes sense. Yes, like, very I much so. I have no illusion that Spider-Man is, that Spider-Man is dead. Um, mm-hmm. I think they do something... Like, I felt nothing when Doctor Strange faded away or when Peter Quill faded away. I felt really nothing. I was like, okay, well, I know they're coming back. They mm-hmm. very smartly, you know, and for plot reasons, clearly, it takes three times as long for Peter to, to die. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's what the plot needs for you. You know, when you're yeah. when you're when you're Maria Hill, you die like this. You die, you but die when you're. <laughs> but when you're Spider Man, yeah. um, 
it takes you a good 30, 40 seconds to not feel well and then beg to be able to stay. Oh, my gosh. And, of course, yeah. he's the one that that crushed me. His mm-hmm. experience of it and then Tony's experience of it, that that got me. Yeah, so uh, that was, was, that was, not, the, that was, was one not, of those times when the uh, when the two women ate rows back. They were like, oh, God, no, no, no. And I heard them eight years back. And, and that was one of the times when I actually forgave them for it because, you know, it's Peter Parker. It's Spider-Man. He's such um, a good boy. Yeah, um, he's just yeah. So let's let's talk about um since we're on the subject of death, let's talk about uh the major character deaths uh in this film um that were the most moving. And I'm going to I we've just talked about Peter. Um outside of Peter's death, um I'm sort of you know, I I'm sort of willing to dismiss most of the fading to ash deaths. But let's start with Loki. Um mm-hmm. this is brutal. This is so brutal um, that uh, that almost everything else in the film, I'm almost willing to say, you know, a nine or a ten year old um, might be able to take it. But this this eight or nine year old, this first death of Loki is so like as he's getting strangled, watching his eyes turn red and watch like it's it's a rough, rough watch, especially Mm -hmm. for a character that I've come to care about so much. Yeah. I, I feel like Loki that it's the one one of the only things about the film I don't like. I feel like Loki got kind of shafted. He's such he is such a great character. Um I I understand the concept of by having the sacrificial lamb within the first three minutes of the film, you kill off somebody major, you immediately announce that for the rest of the film all bets are off. Uh which is absolutely a great storytelling move to make. Um, and they had to choose somebody. They had to choose somebody who was big enough to matter. And it just so happened to be Loki. Um, so I guess anybody who was in that situation, um, you would have felt like they kind of got shafted. Um, but uh, I will say this. There is a world where Loki can still exist. Um, you can do a search for Spock with Loki in mm-hmm. that Thor can go to Valhalla. Thor is the yeah. only character who can really realistically jump into the afterlife as part of his storyline. That's true. There's, there's a way that they could do that. Like, like they could do that. And maybe Loki does not get out of the afterlife, but maybe he's in the afterlife to help them Mm -hmm. or something. Um, so at at least you see his arc. Yeah. He gets a good send off. Yeah. Like he gets to be in the next film, but that's the last film he gets to be in. Mm -hmm. So the next Thor film. So that, that there's that, um, I think it's important that the first character they do that to is male, um, hmm. because yeah, uh, because Gamora. Let's talk about well. well first of all, um, let's talk talk about uh, Idris Elba. Um, also, you know, he's an iconic character that we love, but he's not. You know, he is a smaller character in the world of the Thor films. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So you you know that that hurts a little bit too. But Gamora, um, you've taken. Uh, the only strong female character in the Guardians of the Galaxy, um, outside of Nebula, but Nebula's, you know, been a been a foil for Gamora this whole time. Doesn't have mm-hmm. much of a relationship with everybody else, um, and she has been the counterpoint to uh, she's been the counterpoint to Peter's kind of latent, you know, '80s style misogyny that he kind of has. It's kind of worked for the Guardians that Peter's the way he is. Because you have Gamora there as a strong counterpoint. Mm-hmm. And in the Guardians films, you've taken the one strong female character in that film 
and you fridged her. You I don't. Literally th- I used don't. Her to motivate Peter. So I'm gonna. I'll be honest. Part of me in there's something in my gut. Maybe it's because I really did like this scene. There's something in my gut that makes this feel different. That this is not a straight-on fridge, um, because Gamora had. I mean, everybody fridging is when you take somebody who you take a character who really doesn't have a goal of their own in that storyline. Usually, a female you, character. Use a female character and you ice them uh, in order to motivate the male protagonist to achieve his goal. Um, Gamora had a goal in this. Her goal was stop Thanos, failing that, kill me so that he isn't able to use me um, in order to find the soul gem. She That's really interesting. So... so she went after this goal. She pursued this goal. And like many others in this film, she failed at her goal. She died pursuing her goal. Uh, or, or essentially because she she didn't die in the right way so that her goal would be achieved. But that's not the same as her never having a goal to begin with. It's just her failing at what she was trying to obtain. Um, now, so, I'm sure... So, okay, I, I, think, I think I can come with you on this journey because... If you really think about it, actually, you've changed my mind here. If you re- and this is occurring to me on the fly as we're talking, but if you really think about it, one thing this movie does really well um, is, uh, with the possible exception of Spider-Man, it manages to be a Guardians film and a Thor film and a Doctor Strange film and an Avengers film, primarily. Absolutely. Um, Very much so. Yeah. It does a great job of being all those Astonishingly things. Astonishingly so, Guardians really. Film, in the Guardians film version of this movie, Peter's not the protagonist. You're right. Gamora is. Peter has no goal. P- Peter has no no goal. He's along for the ride. He is he is no more a protagonist than Rocket. Mm-hmm. He is reacting to everything. Gamora. You're so right. Um, Gamora is the protagonist so it, in the you know, Guardians it, side of this. Both you and I have degrees in theater, and one of the things they talk about a lot in theater is is who's the protagonist and what's what's going on with them. And mm-hmm. one of the things you say is is you know in in classical theater. Um, you can have a protagonist who fails to achieve their goal. That's Shakespearean tragedy. Yeah. Um, you can have, they try and try and try and get very close to succeeding and then fail to achieve their goal. Well, that's Romeo and Juliet right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's so in a very real sense in the guardians movie, she has a goal. She strives to, to complete her goal. She fails to complete her goal and her death does not motivate Peter to do anything right, but rather Peter does the absolute wrong thing mm-hmm. because of her death. So her death does not motivate him into the action that the plot needs, but rather um, motivates him to basically screw everything up because of how he reacts to her. So yeah, I you, think could, maybe you could you could say a, it's not fridging. You you could make an argument that to a certain extent it's maybe slightly fridging in relation to Thanos because the whole point uh, the whole point of having Thanos kill her is to show how much he cared for her and to show how much it costs him and how much it hurts him. Um, and that is a little bit closer to the sort of, you know, killing off a female for the sake of, you know, the, the male's emotional journey. Um, but that being said, I, I you know, that as we're talking through this, uh, certainly my first, I mean, my first thought, as soon as Thanos threw her over the edge, I was just like, oh man, she's for, you know, it, it's like, oh, of course we're killing off the female. I wonder what this is going to do to Peter. But, you have made a really good point. This to think that the fact that as she's dying, I was thinking, oh man, this is going to emotionally motivate Peter Quill is actually a tremendous disservice 
to Gamora. Um, and it fails to acknowledge that she is absolutely her own person, her own agent. She is her own storyline. Um, now, part of that is, isn't so much the, you know, because we've been trained to see, part, part of it's because we've been trained to see male as the protagonist. Um, but also part of it is, well, for the first two Guardians of the Galaxy films, Peter Quill was absolutely the main character. Um, but you're right. I Now that you've mentioned it to me, I step back and Peter Quill is not in any way the main character in this. Gamora. There are two ways arc, to think about this. Her, her arc is much more. On one hand, on one hand, it can be it can feel like fridging because there are so few, with the exception of Black Panther, there are so few strong female characters in the Marvel Universe, which is highly populated by male superheroes. And Very I mean true. superhero characters. Um, so you can say that, well, you know, in proportion, yes, we've had male deaths, but there are so many male characters left, whereas you've eliminated one of the very few female characters. On the other hand, you could say, well, of all the characters that die to motivate other characters, most of the characters who die to motivate other characters are male. Um, yeah. and way more time is spent. You, you don't spend that much time on, on the fridging of her you do spend a lot of time on the potential fridging um, or on the, you know, have to save vision and how that motivates Scarlet Witch. Mm -hmm. um, she is motivated by, by him being brought down a peg um, quite a lot. So I think, I think it's either arguments fair, but I think that they, I don't think it's, it's egregious in the way that let's say capturing um, Black Widow and Avengers Age of Ultron might've been. Yeah, no, there's, I there's a that, lot of I, ways to spin how this one could be like, uh, I can see how why some people might take issue, but I think there's a lot of ways to spin how this is completely okay. Um, then there's uh, then there's Vision. Um, this one hurt me. You know, I've come to sort of fall in love with Vision. I love Vision. Mm -hmm. Um, in these movies, um, there's something about his gentility that I mm -hmm. really, really, really like. Yeah. Um, he is one of the few characters in this in these movies that just feels capital G good. Like, mm -hmm. like, it seems like he wants to, you know, give flowers to everyone. He wants to, yeah. you know, he just kind of calmly wants, he, he just wants everyone to be happy. Yeah. That's and it's, he and it, it, he really, in many ways, he kind of reminds me of Doctor Who. The, in the, yeah, totally. Yeah. Cause he's, he's, he's super powerful. He's not human, but he's kind of human and he is just fascinated by them warts and all and he's just in love you're right he's in love with the human race he thinks they're amazing um he's just and the he's best always guy and yeah he's just this yeah um him turning gray like optimus prime in um and i i wonder why he turned gray my son asked me why did he turn gray and i thought about it and i thought well optimus prime turned gray when he died <laughs> <laughs> It's the only thing I can think about. There's there is no reason for him to turn gray. Yeah, other I mean than they the did fact a, that they they did a pretty good it job. It upsets you by, that he turns gray by crushing open his skull and then seeing his legs hanging limply there. That you got the impression you were like, oh yeah, no, that's that's a kill. But then he turns gray, and you were like, oh, he's so dead because he's gray. <laughs> oh, he's and that's he, kind of he's what like, they did Optimus he's Prime like gray in the, dead in the first Transformers yeah. movie. Mm -hmm. Um. So those are the character deaths. Let's talk about the characters um, who are really improved by this film. And I'm going to jump in first with Doctor Strange is, you know, a lot of people have made comments about the Doctor Strange movie. And we'll get to it eventually um, about 
how well they loved the visuals. And if you watch the honest trailer for Doctor Strange, it basically says that it's Iron Man. You know, basically says here's here's an uh, an overprivileged, overprivileged, incredibly smart, but incredibly, incredibly arrogant, you know, white male with a weird goatee that that is humbled that, that is humbled by an injury so he has to learn how to become a super like there there are definite I, ways I, to, I, to say I would that see that more if it weren't for the fact that the vast majority of hero stories that have been told since the dawn of time share so many similarities that uh I you know I'm okay with one with one hero's origin story having a lot of similarities to another Sure, sure. But the fact that they're together and both have the goatees and are both super... Like, they're the two most mm-hmm. arrogant characters in the Marvel yeah, Universe. Yeah, oh, they're, they're oh such super uh, snark. Um, uh, but I would say that I... This is my favorite version of Doctor Strange, more than his own movie. Uh, the, he is he is great in this film in a way that he wasn't in his movie. He He belongs among other heroes because that's where I feel like he shines. I'm, I am mm-hmm. so happy with the doctor strange we got in this film um and and just i'm into his arc i what do you make of the fact that he saved tony and gave thanos the stone here's I mean, my take are you going to be upset if they don't explain why he did that other than he is doing the right thing here's my take on it um for one thing i i had no issue with the doctor strange film i really loved it um but i do agree with you that he's fantastic in this and the thing about doctor strange is even when compared to the, to the other comics, when Doctor Strange was created, he it was meant to be, yes, part of the Marvel Universe, yes, interact with other heroes, but he's always been somewhat removed. There's always an, an otherness, a, a, a strangeness, if you will, to Doctor Strange, um, even, when he, even when he's working with, um, working with the rest of the heroes. You get this sense that part of him is operating on a slightly different plane of existence. And I felt that come through very strongly in this film. The, the takeaway that I would say from this, the most likely thing, if I had to predict, is because he makes, a, he makes a point about saying, you know, I looked into 14 million different futures and I found one in which we won. And then when he gives the, uh, when he gives the stone to Thanos and he says, I'm sorry, Tony, it was the only way. And then he says, we're in the end game now. All of that is, all of that to me implies this guy has seen something that this guy, this guy has floated above the chessboard for just long enough to see the pieces in a way that everybody down on the field has not been able to do. And odds are that we won't, um, I, I would lay even money that this is all part of his plan. Now help me remember, do we lose the Scarlet Witch at the end of this? We do. Does she want, is she one of the ones who fades away? Yes, we do. Yeah, because so right up until the end of that, I was Black thinking, Widow? oh, we do, do we not lose, lose Black Widow. We do not lose Black Widow. Do we lose Hulk? Nope. Interesting so thing, you're though. Me, we and, don't. And, yeah, interesting. If you remember in the trailer for Hawkeye. Infinity Wars, uh, we don't see Hawkeye. Um, in the, uh, in the so, trailer so for Infinity War. Gonna, we saw Hulk in the jungle uh, in Wakanda, and that definitely did not happen in this film. Yeah. Uh, um. And, and do we lose Thor? Nope. No. So, and and we don't know what's going on with Hawkeye. So, when they say that the next film is could be is going to be very different than Infinity War, it's worth noting 
all six Avengers are still alive. Oh, you're right. The original Avengers. It so the the one thing I thought with this film that I was just like, okay, I guess I could see how you said Avengers: Infinity War because you needed to say something. You probably could have just said Infinity War. This. This didn't need yeah. to be Avengers 3. Captain America Civil War needed to be Avengers 3. Um, but uh, but that's a good point. The next so film really could be just back to the original. That one could legit be an we actual up, Avengers we lost Doctor film. Strange. Are, are any of the Guardians still around? No. Is there anyone except the Avengers left? Holy crap. Um... Uh, it's to- Tony's al- alone on that planet. Tony's right? alone, but very, very much alive. Holy crap! So, well, I'm not very much alive. He's kind of alive. Kind of alive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. True. <laughs> he needs um, he needs some medical attention. Yeah. Dang. Um. um yeah. Black Panther's got. Oh my God! Who beside? Oh wait, Rocket Raccoon. Rocket Raccoon is still around. He's still around. Yeah. Because um, he watched okay, Groot die, so, and that was also mostly, very sad. And I'm sure there are people that were missing. I'm sure there are side characters from Black Panther that were missing. But but really, you've got all the Avengers. So it, Hawkeye is cl- clearly can't just stay in hiding in the next film. He's got to come yeah. out of hiding. Yeah. Oh, uh, like, War Machine. War Machine is still around too. Okay. Um, yeah, but that but so he's still have, he's he's done oh, his time with the Avengers. Is Falcon alive too? No. No. All right. So, so you have, you, you have some, you, you've, you've some alive, but what the most important thing is the next movie, when they say the next movie is going to be very different. Well, it's going to be very different because the characters who are left are just the Avengers. All yeah. you've got is the Avengers now. Plus I can, and the Avengers, okay, plus I'm sure Captain Marvel is going to play into it to some degree. Um, and speaking of which, yes. so let's, you know, talking about the end credit scene where it reveals like the, um, I love the fact that... Well, first of you know, all, I'm, you get Nick the, Fury, which makes mm-hmm. me so happy because we haven't seen yeah. him in a while. Yeah. Um, And and his death, the fact that he goes, mother... Yeah. It's the greatest. Yeah. And then, it's but also, I love the fact the, that it's it's a pager that he's sending to, because part of it was like, why the hell is it a pager? And then as soon as Captain Marvel, I realized, oh, because the Captain Marvel film is going to take place in the 80s where all they had was pagers. Um, let me just say... That single. I'm so end happy credits. he took the time to program in that symbol into his yeah, pager. Yeah, I, I write it's that. Like, hey, you know, into well, I'm sitting into here. somehow a, a colored symbol into. You know, did they even have colored LCD LED screens? Back it's then? Shield, of course they did. Of course they did. Yeah. Um. I let me just say that single post credit scene has probably done more to actually sell tickets for the Captain Marvel film than the rest of their entire marketing. Because everybody now who's sure. seen Infinity War is going to be just like, well, clearly she's crucial to the next, like, that whole post credit scene is sending it as like the, oh my gosh, whoever this person is, is the ray of hope that we haven't had all film. So there's going to be a lot of people going to that film to see what what's up. Um, and I've no um, doubt that Captain Marvel will be in the, will be in the next Avengers film as well. But, uh, I will try and make a point before we do next week's podcast to get a, a definitive list of everybody who survives at the end of Infinity War mm-hmm. um, so we can talk about the survivors. Because I think the fact that the Avengers remain, I mean, they've said that they're not just going to call it Infinity War 2 because it's such a different film than this film. Yeah. Um, this film is huge. Let's talk because like, we're, we're, you know, we're 
and I think we're gonna have to save our review, our five star review, whatever, until next week. Um, mm-hmm. Because I can tell you, um, over on the Truck Off podcast, I have you. You can see in uh, the Truck Off movie that when Star Trek Into, Into Darkness came out, Alexia and I are freaking out. It's amazing! It's amazing! And then some time passes, and we're like, mm-hmm. well. So I want to let it digest because right now I would say well, it's you know amazing. what we can, well, here's an intre- here's a here's an interesting opportunity that we could though is to be able to actually say with the knowledge that reviews can change to give a immediate post viewing review and then see if the ne- and see if after time has passed the review has changed you know it will let our right, it will let first. our listeners observe that process a glimpse you know a glimpse sure, into I'll the, into the mental stars. workings. Five stars. Here's yeah, why. Five stars what here. What else do you want? What do you want? Like, if you're not going to give it five stars, what do you want in a movie? <laughs> you, <that> could, <laughs> it's, right. This movie is the giving tree of superhero movies. <laughs> yeah. This movie. Okay. Oh, so here's what. Like, you're like, you remember you how comedy, when we were. You want to laugh? You want to laugh at a movie? This movie's hilarious. You want to mm-hmm. cry? This movie's got so much pathos. You want action? It's got incredible action. You want all your favorite characters doing their favorite character things? Everyone. It's not just mm-hmm. that everyone gets like a moment. Like everyone gets a lot of moments. Yeah. Um. The uh, what you remember how when we were reviewing want, Avengers? This is not a five star movie. Do you remember? Um, when we were reviewing Avengers and we were talking about the Thor versus Hulk fight and you said the thing that you really live for is watching the heroes, you know, because like you say, it's the thing that as a little kid, you were like, oh, who would win in a fight? So you live for watching the heroes fight amongst themselves. What I live for is seeing heroes who have not met before suddenly joining forces against a common threat. And oh my God, like, oh my God, was the little kid in me made so happy. Uh, by this film in that watching, you know, Winter Soldier picking up Rocket Raccoon and spinning around, watching Thor and Groot fighting side by side. Like, it was just this, uh, oh, I, I, I loved so much of it. Um, and yeah, let, no, just, I, I, mm-hmm. I think that no, this is, I got this my is heroes battling five. each other. That's the thing. I got Civil War. I got that. I got one. And I was, I was pretty satiated by that. I'm not saying I never want to see it again, but Avengers gave me the thing I had always wanted. And then I had it. And then civil mm-hmm. war gave me lots of it. And I had it. And, and now sort of, you were just like, cool. Now I want yeah, this. You're, it's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, you know, just I, like the movie Logan, right? I, Logan gave me a Logan. I always wanted to see, but if, you know, if they were like, and now we're going to make six more Logan movies like, it's like this. No, I, like, no, no, that, I, no, one and done. That's one Logan. One Logan was amazing, but that is all I want. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah. All right. The, so I walked out of it and, you know, I texted Kelly, uh, my Kelly, and, uh, you know, she asked, how was it? And I said, honestly, um, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it. I feel like they they have accomplished something that I have never seen or felt before. Um, yes, all the characters were their best versions of themselves. Yes, it was. I cannot believe that they told a story that freaking huge, introducing major other characters, um, and, uh, and still everything felt right and nothing felt rushed, um, in that. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the Black Order, uh, Thanos' generals, uh, next time around. Um, I loved all of them, uh. So not only did they do tell such a huge story in a very well controlled way, uh, but again, what just a flat out ballsy way to end it. 
Um, and even even in the credit scene, having like the the sad piano music playing the Avengers theme, and then watching the Avengers title just drift off into dust, I was like, oh man, they are. They this was just a bold bold move that had they. And you know uh, that they moment, made a right? Misstep. You know, it's going, wait, the, the Avengers moment the trailer's there, and someone goes, you know what we do? What? Have that have the words turn into dust. Oh, dude. And someone's like, oh, yeah, dude, I know, right? dude, yeah. dude. Yeah. I, I could totally imagine the people like at CGI just like, dude, goosebumps right here. Yeah, do that. Do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's just, it was, it was so bold, and it was delivered on. I, this... This makes this makes cinema history to just the same degree as Avengers. I would argue possibly more. Um, they had they had a dream to bring together a collection of some of the world's greatest superhero movies and put them into one superhero team movie, and they pulled it off. Um, There's it so would, much that we haven't talked yeah, about, guys. Um, so much because we're coming to the end of the show. But let's say let here's just a list. Scarlet Witch, we haven't touched on. There's a lot to say. We haven't really talked much about Tony, and there's a lot to say. Red Skull, ladies and gentlemen, we yeah. haven't even mentioned. That was a little Skull. out of left. That one was a little out of left field for me. But um, we haven't talked about Peter Dinklage. We haven't talked. Um, we we haven't talked about uh everything that happened on the on the planets uh in between before they got to Titan. Uh, we haven't talked about the origin story of Gomor. We haven't talked about the stuff that happened with the Nebula. We haven't talked about you know like Spider Man's like relationship with Tony and how it is going to change for the next Spider Man film when everything is reversed. We have all of the cool about, stuff about the you know, uh, the indiv- all the cool individual things that they that Thanos did with the Infinity Gems. Like you see him. It's not just that he got more powerful, it's that he got additional powers, and we saw him using those specific additional powers each time. We haven't talked about the massive Lord of the Rings-style battle at Wakanda at all. Oh. We didn't even talk about it. We didn't, we didn't, like, there's so much that we haven't talked about. Um, maybe we'll do a two-hour episode maybe next time. Maybe we'll do two, uh, two one-hours a week apart. I don't know what we're going to do, but there's hey, th- so much. This, we're going to be referencing this, this gonna, movie for a long, yeah, yeah, long time. Yeah, talking about this film is going to take as long as it takes, I think. Yeah. Um, but for now, my name is Justin. And I'm Arthur. And hey there, true believers. Stay super. Now that you've finished the show, be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode of the Totally Super Podcast. Also, if you like this, you should head over to geeksradio.com or search Geeks Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. There you can find Trek Off, the not-safe-for-work Star Trek podcast with Justin and Alexia. So search for Trek Off, search for Pop Off, search for Geeks Radio, and just thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Enlight Entertainment.